countdown to the last comic shop in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. From that former Kmart that's now a Spirit Halloween store, it is the last comic shop! Happy Halloween week! Yes, that's right, and just like Spirit Halloween, instead of covering actual cool, scary stuff, we're gonna have lame comics. We're doing Black Adam, apparently, because there's a movie because everybody's gonna be the rock for halloween i got a rock okay. <laughs> i'll be roadblock rock i'll be the rock that you skip across the water there you Please go i will be the rock from my favorite movie starring dwayne johnson and that is the rundown i was gonna first say the one rundown. Uh, first yes. one he was a wrestler still at that point, and he like rock bottom somebody through a table, and I'm like, that's all I wanted to see. Thank you. Any movie that has bagpipes in it instantly yeah. elevates the form. Yeah. And he doesn't use the gun the whole time, and then at the end he just goes crazy. It's it's a good movie. It is a good. I will I will still watch that movie today. That's a decent popcorn munching movie. I like that one. So and it has Stifler back when it he was does. trying to get a. a out of not just being Stifler. He was in Dude, Where Is My Car? Or Bro, Where Is My Tractor? Dude. Or something. He was in Goon. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, oh. the hockey fight one. And yeah. they made a second one, Goon 2. Yeah, everybody's going to be the rock for Halloween. Me, the host with the most, Andy Larson, Chad Smith, my one co-host, J.A. Scott, my other co-host. I, I-, I think it's a thing. If we're going to have to watch Black Adam, we should all dress up like Dwayne Johnson, right? You know where Sean William Scott would be welcome? The last comic show. Oh, there you go. Bringing it back, Chad. We got to get back on task. Our, our, we're not a movie podcast. We are a comic book podcast. So if you're here to listen to the Black Adam movie review, yeah, we got that. But you're going to have to wait. Because as always, we like to talk about comics that have inspired such cinematic treasures like the one we're going to be talking about today. And this week, it was really difficult. I mean, the last time I could think I, I, I had this problem was back with Suicide Squad. But even then, I had like a new series that was coming out. And there were other Suicide Squad comics. It's just like, Black Adam, let's be honest. Up until about, I don't know, 20 years ago, he was just like a Shazam villain. And he wasn't even the big Shazam villain. He appeared early on in Shazam and then disappeared for like 50 years or something, didn't he? Right! I mean, you had Dr. Savanya, and then he even had Ibak. Little worm guy? Yeah, Mr. Mind. That's the monster society of evil. Black Adam, he appeared very late in the original Fawcett run. Honestly, the first time I can remember seeing Black Adam was back in the Powers of Shazam book that Jerry Ordway came out with. Intricately tied to the whole Captain Marvel, Billy Batson, Shazam mythos in some sort of real way. So yeah, this was tough. But I persevered. And I picked for this week's book, Black Adam, The Dark Age, which is a six-issue miniseries that came out at the tail end of 52. And I guess Black Adam being a part of the JSA or whatever and the reason why I picked it is actually Chad's fault. 
I'm going to take him to task and say the reason why I picked this book is because of the writer, Peter Tomasi. And on a previous show, Chad recommended a Peter Tomasi run. He said that the Superman run that Peter Tomasi wrote was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Him with Patrick Gleason? Yeah. That's good stuff there. That one issue where he takes the Make-A-Wish kids on the moon? Right. So, like, here I was thinking, if you are an actual decent writer, even though they give you questionable subject matter to work with, you can usually polish that turd. Peter Tomasi, polish this turd for me. So who else worked on Black Adam, The Dark Age with Peter Tomasi, Chad? Okay, so this spun out of the events, like we said, of 52, not the new 52, the original 52 miniseries, which it was a weekly book that ran for a year. It was actually a really solid book. Uh, And Countdown, the series that the comic shop put in my box after 52, that I was like, oh, no, 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 we can stop this. But, uh, but anywho, story by Pete Tomasi with uh, pencils by Doug Bonkey, Christian Alame and Norm Ratman were anchors, Nathan Earing is on colors, and Nick J. Napolitano did letters. And so, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and not waste any time and just get into that 10 cent synopsis. So, J.A., what was the 10 cent synopsis of this book? I feel like five cents out of this 10 cent synopsis happened before the book took place because... It starts off where everyone in the world hates Black Adam because he did something that we're all supposed to know what he did, except I don't know what he did because I didn't read the new 52 or 52 or anything that came before this book. So, Chad, what am I missing? Why does everyone hate him? He killed a lot of people, apparently. Uh, Yeah, now now keep in mind, this book we're talking about today came out in 2007. It's 2022-ish, so it's been some time. But anyway, the 52 series... It went through a number of different stories. In the Black Adam story, he's Dr. Doom in Latveria. And then eventually he meets uh, Isis and his, her brother. And hijinks ensue and he falls in love with this Isis. And I feel like he gets killed at some point. <laughs> Something. I don't know. Then so when do the people die? Point. Like, what does Black Adam do? Like, why does he? People hate him. Why did he kill, like, half the earth or something? Right, exactly. Why isn't he as cool as Namor? Like, ask, I, me, ask me that question. <laughs> she gets killed and the series ends with him going as bad guy. A lot of that is just guessing. It's been a long time. <laughs> okay, well, this series picks up at the end of that where Black Adam's alter ego going all spikely 25th hour having his face beat in so that he's unrecognizable so that he can get through customs and immigration. And then it's kind of downhill from there. Um, (laughs) Basically, he's trying to recover this amulet that was destroyed and, and spread across the world so that with the power of the amulet, he'll be able to bring back Isis, who is dead. Every time he turns into Black Adam, he's apparently leeching power from her bones. So he's on a quest to find this amulet, and there's this secret CIA-type agency that's tracking him and trying to kill him. The JLA kind of st- sits around. They show up from time to time watching him, but they never really confront him. <laughs> so Batman and Superman are, are in some panels. He ah, goes so a Batman and Superman book! Ah! He goes to a soda fountain and has a egg drop or whatever it's called. A egg chocolate, chocolate egg cream! 
chocolate egg cream that has no chocolate, that has no cream or egg in it. Right! And then he says chocolate egg cream and becomes Black Adam again, because apparently he can change the name that turns him into Black Adam. Uh, that's that's my ten cent synopsis. I think I captured all. The, did I miss something important? No, no. This is an awful series. I know that in the last comic shop, we try to be positive because there were people that worked on this series, and God bless them, they did something. But it's not good. Yeah. It's not good at all. And in fact, there was only two parts of this book that I liked, and one of them actually deals with the chocolate egg cream thing, J.A. Because up until that point, I actually didn't know how you made a chocolate egg cream. I had heard my dad talk about how great chocolate egg creams were, but I had never had it. I didn't know it was just seltzer and chocolate milk. No, it's milk, seltzer, and and chocolate syrup. But the chocolate's on the bottom, and you have to stir it lightly so the chocolate doesn't go up to the top and make something that sounds really gross even grosser. (laughs) But it doesn't have any eggs, nor does it have cream. But I, I, I enjoyed that. The second part of this book that I really, really enjoyed, I think was issue three. And the reason why I liked issue three so much is because it had Hawkman. He's kind of a part of a very small subsection of DC characters that I really don't care for any of his stories, but I just think he looks cool. Like he's got (laughs) an awesome look, right? He's like got this like barbarian thing with the wings and he, he has a mace. I don't know. That's a cool weapon. Like, I, I loved his superpowers figure when I was growing up. That's that where is... it all comes from. That superpowers toy was the bomb. Yes. I was about to say that too. I remember him from the superpowers figure and I have a confession to make. So I thought the wings were like his wings, like the angel, but apparently not. That's like a contraption. Yes. So when black Adam rips a wing off, that's not actually hurting him. It's just stopping his ability to fly. Yeah. It's great. like part of the harness. You're right. It is kind of weird. That's the whole reason why like nothing with Hawkman makes sense. I am glad that he's in this movie with black Adam. Cause that's another reason I'm going to go see it, but they should have never made him from space. They should have kept them as just a person from like ancient Egypt and all that original stuff because it just makes more sense with his character. Like the guy's a barbarian. He wears no shirt. He's just He-Man with wings. I think it's awesome. But it's like him and Dr. Fate. There's just some DC characters that I could give a shit what they actually do, but they look freaking cool. And so that one issue where Black Adam and Hawkman fight, I enjoyed it just because I was like, oh, I like Hawkman. So I, I, I did want to throw it out there because I don't know if we're going to have much to talk about with this book. But are there DC characters or I guess comic book characters in general you guys just like the look of? I like Martian Manhunter because I love his name. I love saying Martian Manhunter. The, the question I have about this book is in this book, he looks like he was squashed. Like somebody took his head and put it between a book and squashed it. It's like log and thin. What yeah, happened there? Like impossible man. Yeah, that's him at, at ease, I think. It's the Martian Manhunter that's more oblong. View. What about you, Chad? Is there a DC character you just kind of like the look of, even though like... Well, so my favorite uh, character that, that would fall into that, that description would be Firestorm. I love flaming hair. And like, they're just the flaming head is just... For whatever reason, it's great. And he has that ridiculous costume with the puffy arms and the red and the old nucleus that's not really any scientific basis anymore. And it's off-center, and it's wonderful. I love it. I love it. I love it. I have not read a definitive Firestorm story, but I've seen him in many stories and read 
a lot of his books, but right. he just looks so darn cool. That was another superpowers figure I had that I thought was awesome was the, the, the Firestorm figure. But in any case, yeah. yeah, that was the only things I, I, I liked about this book. Did you guys like anything about this? <laughs> we'll start off with J.A. Um, I thought the art was okay, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this show's going to be a lot of breathing in through the teeth and just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me step on your toes a little bit. I enjoy Doug Monkey's art traditionally. I saw him early on in DC. I want to say with Major Bummer. Did he do Major Bummer? <laughs> or Damage. Damage might have been the book. And he has a really cool out there style. The problem is... Uh, unfortunately, this is one of those books where I don't think it was badly done. Uh, it, it was just so not for me. And it embodies everything about DC Comics that I hate. Because <laughs> they take Doug Monkey, who's a serviceable artist on his own, and they're like, we love what you do, but can you make it more like Jim Lee? Right. And that's, that's every artist at DC. It's to the point where, like, I don't even like Jim Lee's art anymore. The more I look at it, the more I think it's kind of bland and vanilla. I, I feel like everything after X-Men 5 is just downhill. And when you're Omega Red is your high point, DC tries to make every artist look like Jim Lee. That's one thing that always bothers me. Two is the immature darkness right. that they want to throw in every book. Like, this book has cannibalism yes it has limbs being chopped off it starts off like jay was talking about uh with them rearranging black adam's face uh which is something that this book felt like as you're reading it but like in the end he doesn't look like somebody who had his face punched into a million different directions he just looks like a dude bro with a man butt <laughs> <laughs> no offense to dude bros with man buns but uh, offense to dude bros with man buns so that's another thing that I, I don't like. And then there's like this, the brief glimpses of atomically incorrect nudity. It's just I, I didn't, show nipple. Come on. This yeah, is a decent I, 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 Going back to like the, the whole ultra violence of it. Like where there's a lot of lopped off appendages where you'll see like half an arm that's been like razor severed so that you can see the bone in the middle and and you know it's yeah, it's they look like, like comics snakes. didn't understand the physics of the guy being flown up into space and then crumbling apart like an ice cube <laughs> that doesn't happen that's that's <laughs> why in I, space why? no one can hear you freeze uh, yeah but you fr I, I, it, it's uh, I, well, one of the I, things is that, like, to Chad's point, you know, he, this book wasn't for him. As I'm reading it, I was asking myself, who is this book for? Because who are we supposed to root for? Like, traditionally, when, you know, you write a book, you're supposed to be like, yes, I care about this character's journey. I, I was hard-pressed to be like, I really want to get into this guy that kills his followers and chomps on them while he's hiking up the Himalayas. Uh, they sacrificed for me, so right. I'm going to repay them by chowing on their liver first. I, yeah, the, the blood will sustain me. I'm like, no, this is just this is just gross. There's an audience for that stuff. There are people that think the Punisher is too sensible. <laughs> so the, the whole big thing guess... with Black Adam is years ago, The Rock was like, I feel like I look like Black Adam. I'd like to be in a Black Adam movie. And DC's like, what? <laughs> okay. 
And so they turned Black Adam from villain to anti-hero in hopes that they yeah. could make something cool that The Rock would like. And lo and behold, they didn't do much, but <laughs> The Rock really wanted to make this movie. Right. And and they're going all out nowadays. Like, he's in this, like, dark crisis. He has a, a pretty prominent role. And again, to my point, they make him like the DC equivalent of Namor. But even though Namor's a jerkwad most of the time, there is some sort of charismatic presence about him that you're like, yeah, even though you're a douche nozzle to some people, I kind of really respect you in some other ways. I didn't get that from from Black Adam in this book, right, Jay? It's the wanton destruction and wanton killing and not caring, right? I mean, he's got zero empathy towards anyone who he hurts, and when he hurts them, they tend to die. So, like, he's, he's the whole plot point where he's going around and picking all these little bits of amulet up. One of these amulets was, like, in a tree in the Amazon forest that suddenly was bestowing fertility on this tribe that had been dying out. And then he, like, steals it away. He's like, oh, they're not going to be able to have babies anymore. Too bad for them. I'm leaving. No, honestly, the thing they miss is the, the part from the 52 series where he was defending his people. Well, I shouldn't say you could understand or empathize, but, like, it at least seemed like there was a purpose to it. Right. Here, he's just trying to resurrect a, 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 his dead love. The stakes don't seem worth the consequences. Right. But, and and can, can we point out, spoiler alert, that at the end of this six issues, he doesn't resurrect her? I mean, she gets resurrected, but by the guy who is so obviously bad at the beginning that you know that it's he's going to do a turn. It's Good old Felix Faust. Like, yeah. I, Felix Faust just ba- basically says, no, sorry, your resurrection failed because he actually switch the bodies and then he resurrects isis and, th- and then it ends you're like oh we, we need this soap opera to continue no it, it's it's a chad's point uh, unlike defending a country this seems very selfish but not in a good way so if you right. think you think of that book uh, we read a while back fantastic four versus x-men where dr doom Starts out, he's actually, you can agree with him. He's like, sorry, X-Men, you can't come into my country and say your laws apply to my country. And you're like, actually, Doom has a point there. Of course, Doom's got a Doom, and then he throws a bunch of people in Doom bots. Uh, But that is so much more interesting of uh, graying the lines. But here's like an inherent difference between DC books and Marvel books. And DC movies and Marvel movies. And then I feel like Marvel will have those characters, but then they'll throw in the fun. They'll throw in the over to, over-the-top villainy or, like, the sudden twist. Or like, There's something about it that's endearing and interesting to watch. And here, it's just darkness upon darkness upon gloom upon failure upon, like, why? Why am I spending my time with this? Why? Why, Doug Monkey, did you not find some other better project? So they're wasting his efforts and his time and my time and oh. All right. Well, let's not waste any more time on this show. Let's go ahead and get to our ratings because we've got recommendations and those are going to be good books. So it's a one out of four scale and J.A. is going to give it to us. I was going to do one out of four chocolate egg creams, <sighs> but that's just too good of a rating scale for this. So I'm going to go one out of four shattered amulet pieces. 
well, it's an it's an easier sound effect than chocolate head cream. I had no idea what I was going to use for that. So well, I, I would imagine for the chocolate head cream, you do like the seltzer thing. That's why I pay you the big bucks. <laughs> keep me keep me with sound effect ideas. Yeah, I am going to go first with my rating. And this this is like 0.5. Yeah, I, I don't like to be negative on this particular show, but. It's one of the lowest books that we... I, I think we did Star Wars, and I think I gave that a zero. And I can't give it a zero because uh, I forgot about one other thing I like. There's an alternative cover that's drawn by Alex Ross with, like, that energy crackling off of him. It would be even cooler if it was Shazam, but it's not. It's Black Adam, so I'll deal with it. But, yeah, you got that. I found out what a chocolate egg cream was, and I got a pretty decent battle with one of my favorite-looking dc characters hawkman so like I, I, all right I, I was at least entertained for a few panels during that so it's a it's a 0.5 uh, i don't recommend anybody pick this up you can skip this find other black adam books if there are any this one's not really worth your time chad i'm not gonna be as harsh just because i feel like th- there is an audience for a book like this there are people i know that love Zack snyder movies that love uh, stylized violence and like, hey man, no judgment, but it just, uh, it was, it was not for me, but it was still professionally done. The story made sense, even if it wasn't entirely satisfying. It was miles better than that. The Star Wars book. That was bad news. So I'm going to give this a one and a half professionally done. Not for me. All right. J.A., what do you say? It was only six issues, so at least it was pretty painless once you read through the six issues. It was done. I'm going to echo what Chad said in respects that there's an audience for this and the whole Zack Snyder thing. Um, I liked the scene with the two doctors in the middle of nowhere. So that was the best part of the entire series was... When she was like, I couldn't kill you because it goes against my oath. And now everyone you kill will be on my conscience. Mary Hawkeye Pierce from MASH, one of those serious MASH episodes. Yes, yes. She's basically, he's like, well, why didn't you just kill him? She's like, I can't. It goes against my oath. I'm a doctor. I'm here to save people. But now everyone you kill will weigh on my conscience. I like that part. So I'm going to give it a one. I'm going to split the two of you. It's one piece of a broken amulet for a story that we did not need. And thankfully, the movie does not draw inspiration from this very much. Right. But it does have some components. I mean, there's Hawkman and I think there's Isis and stuff. But anyways, we'll get to that right after our recommendations. So stay tuned for more Last Comic Shop on our Halloween special that has nothing to do with Halloween but lots of rocks. Have you ever been reading through a sack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Hazel always knew there was something special about her cat Mooney, but she's still shocked when Mooney opens his mouth to tell her he's just had a vision. An ancient evil has awoken after centuries of sleep, and only one man can stop it. 
the legendary warrior Beowulf. Unfortunately, it's been over a thousand years since he slayed a dragon, and he's been reincarnated as this guy. His name is Victor, and he's more unemployed millennial slacker than mighty warrior. Go to monarchpublishing.net for a free sample comic. Coming to you live from whatever podcast you're currently listening to, it's your boy Jay West with my co-host Mac East from the We Get Dub Podcast. What up, nerds? It's me, Mac East, and we got a badass anime podcast for you. We got hot sauce, we got hot takes, we got booze and banter. And you can listen to us on all major platforms. The We Get Dub Podcast hits harder than a Goku gut punch. Alright, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our recommendations. Yes, that time of every single show that traditionally follows our ratings, but not so much a commercial break, but it's the Halloween season, so, like, uh, there's lots of tricks involved with our treats, and we're hoping that you pick up these treats at your local comic book shop today. Yeah, I was in a conversation with the guys on whether or not they haggle when they go into comic book shops. I don't. I haggle when I'm at a con, but I do not haggle when I'm in somebody's shop because I'm like, well, I feel like I should respect their prices. Chad? So it's rare, but there have been instances, especially if it's a book that I'm not crazy about buying, but I need it for some sort of collection or because of some artist. Recently, I went up to a shop and I had a $20 issue of Wolverine drawn by uh, my fave Rob Liefeld, written by Rob Liefeld as well. And I was like, listen, this isn't unfair, your price, but I just don't want to pay $20 for a Wolverine book. Will you come down some? And luckily the guy did. So I came home with that issue of uh, has Deadpool and Wolverine and it's lots of fun. Got it for about half price. But rarely do I haggle, but I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I think if you're the more you buy, the better position you're in to try to haggle down the price. So say you've picked up 10 issues of ROM Space Knight. <laughs> You can say, hey, instead of paying cover price for all these 10 issues at 20 bucks, I'll give them to you for 15 because you're taking a whole bunch of their stock off of them and, and therefore guess. opening up their shop for new stuff to come in. Right. I, I mean, you also have to remember, especially if it's not a new issue. So it's a lot of old back issue stuff. This is something they might have been carrying for a year, a year and a half. That's a cost to them. They're paying to have this comic book sit there on the shelf when they could have something else there on the shelf. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So out of the kindness of your heart, you should haggle down people's power. And especially, you mentioned at cons, that last day at a con, that last hour, oh, low ball offers well, are yes. coming from me left and right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah because you know they, they don't want to have to pack that up and carry it back. I mean, all that. You know, well, I'll take it off of you. Do you really want to have to box this back up after there you spent is. all that time and money bringing it out here? Yeah, there is no question at a con, I will haggle until the cows come home. Especially <laughs> with a half hour to go. I'm like, you do not want to sell me that book for 40 bucks. I will take it for 10 Does anybody have a Halloween-related recommendation? Let's see. Chad, is uh, what's your recommendation this week? Uh, no, but I'm going to go with something scary. And I, I don't normally do this. I'm going to recommend a book that I have not read. So I know, but here's the dealio. So Black Adam's in that whole Justice Society thing. I have heard nothing but good things about Jeff John's Justice Society of America for years and years and years to the point where I even picked up a book at Ollie's. I picked up a Justice Society book for four bucks 
that I wanted to try, and I probably bought this three years ago, four years ago, haven't opened it up yet, still in the plastic. I, it's one of those things where even with Jeff Johns, like, I haven't read a Jeff Johns story that has stuck with me. Three Jokers, I was disappointed in his flash runs, okay. But I, I want to try the Justice Society. So the one I'm going to start with is the one I found cheaply. It's Thy Kingdom Come, where the Kingdom Come Superman joins the team of Stargirl and the original Green Lantern and Jay Garrick Flash and Wildcat, Liberty Bell, Damage, and Power Girl. Anyway, they're all in here, at least on the Alex Rossi painted cover. But that's my recommendation that other people read this too, so I'm not alone in discovering is Jeff John's Justice Society of America worth it? Alex Ross and Dale Eaglesham on art duties. It can't be that bad, can it? I, I don't know, but what? how about this? As a as a deal for all our last comic shop listeners, you've got to come back on a future show and tell us whether you liked it or not. We're going to hold you to it. You're going to read it. Let us know what you think. Next up, it's J.A. What's your recommendation? So I was going to recommend the new Valiant Exo Mano War came out, I think, 2021, around there. They've just recently put it out in trade. And then I started reading it. And so I'm going to recommend the original Exo Mano War <laughs> series, also available in trade. Valiant Classics Collection, Exo Mano War Retribution. This collects issues 0 through 9. And let me just give you the, uh, the creators on this. Bob Layton, Jim Shooter, Steve Englehart, Joe Casada, Barry Windsor Smith. That's a pretty stacked lineup. That's the 27 Yankees right there. And if you like your Iron Man to be Visigoths who have come to the future to kill spider aliens, then Exo Manowar is for you. For those who don't know, Exo Manowar is a Visigoth who was kidnapped from his country by spider aliens thousands of years ago, uh, brought to the future. He escapes by taking over one of their armor suits, which is this living suit of armor, kills the spider aliens, comes to Earth in the present day, and then it's very much a man out of time who has a ultra-powerful suit of armor, and he goes around killing this infestation of spider aliens on Earth and dealing with machinations that go on in the Valiant, the original Valiant universe with Harada and, and all this other stuff. And there's crossovers with Solar and Harbinger. Yeah. And, 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 and it's a really nice entry point into the uh, original Valiant universe. Right. And you mentioned he goes into the future. Actually, I, I like it a lot because it's not so much the future, like in terms of like, time travel it's like that whole notion of like time distortion he's on a spaceship traveling at the speed of light so like he's not aging because he's on the spider alien ship i don't know that light it's like in interstellar it's interstellar yeah. it's gravity and time yes right i agree uh, exoman zero plus the first four issues are pretty much all i've ever read of exoman of war other than unity and i think that was all i really needed to because like that's all the good stuff <laughs> I tried to read the one issue where, like, they got a female version of Exo Man of War, and it was just because she was half nude. And I was like, oh, I'm 14. That's awesome. Exo Lady of War. Triple, triple Exo Lady of War. I want to know what a Visigoth is. Is that like a regular goth, but with the reflective tape on their black hoodie? <laughs> like the bicyclists wear? 
All right. Well, my recommendation this week goes along with something I mentioned in the previous segment about my love for Hawkman. And now I'm desperately still trying to find Hawkman issues that I'm going to give a damn about. And luckily, I did find one. And I think it's something that you guys should pick up in your spare time. It's a three-issue arc that was released in the 90s. It's called Legend of the Hawkman. It was written by Ben Robb with the wonderful, wonderful art of Michael Lark, who I first discovered when I read his uh, Superman versus the uh, War of the Worlds aliens. I think I recommended that on a previous show. I really love that story because Michael Lark really draws Superman like the Max Flesher old cartoon Superman. And he's just got such an interesting style. It's like kind of like this cross between Alex Toth and Mike Mignola. And so for him to work with a character that's kind of like, again, one of my favorites from a visual standpoint, Hawkman, I'm loving it. And uh, it's a really interesting story. It, it still deals with like Hawkman being from outer space. And that's kind of dumb, as I always thought. But it's got Hawkwoman in it, too. So those fans of the Justice League cartoon show that grew up with Hawkwoman, she's in this. And there are a couple. Uh, but it deals with this Hawk God, this evil Hawk God that's imprisoned on Earth in the Himalayas. And he comes to life and he starts wrecking stuff all over the place. And he's a giant, humongous... I don't know. Hawkman has to hit him with his mace. And I, it, it really does work from like a, a relationship standpoint. There's a lot of good drama between Hawkman and Hawkwoman. They're a real couple trying to fit in on Earth far away from their home. They squabble like married couples do. If I think Ben Robb does a really good job. But like, boy, just check it out for no other reason than that Michael Lark art uh, with Lee Lothridge on colors and he does a great job with colors everything is kind of like throwback to like those like technicolor old 1930s or 40s cartoons so it, it just it scratched niche for me and it's only three issues so it doesn't take you very long and one thing that also won't take long is getting through this segment so that we can get to the movie review that everybody's been waiting for make sure that you rate review and subscribe to the last comic shop or www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com it's a terrific place where uh you can find our link to youtube where we've got movies well not so much movies but we've got copies of our episodes as well as uh reviews that we've done with certain uh creators and this week we're gonna have a ton of new videos because chad and i are going to baltimore comic con yes this weekend friday saturday and sunday in the baltimore area it is a tremendous show with so many comic book people my god chad i mean people talk about new york comic con this is just as good with the the amount of talent right heck yeah the guest list is it's overwhelming and i can't be more excited to see some of the the greats People like Walt Simonson. Anacenti will be there. Anacenti is uh, my favorite Daredevil stuff. Comes from Anacenti. Mark Schultz from uh, Xenozoic Tales, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs fame. He's going to be there. No, it really is. Like, I'm overwhelmed at the moment. But it's going to be a great show. I'm super pumped to go to my old stomping grounds in Baltimore for a really awesome con. Right, right. Jim Starlin will be there. So, yeah. There you go. Maybe we... uh, the Ringo Awards will be there. So who right. knows what we will see. Exactly. 
Exactly. So make sure that you're tuned in to The Last Comic Shop on uh, both our website, our YouTube channel. We'll have videos all this way. We're going to get some, hopefully, some tremendous interviews that will be coming up on our future show. And uh, also make sure that you're checking out our social media. Where, Chad? At Last Comic Shop on Twitter and Instagram. I've been there before. But you can go there, find polls, find all the recommendations, find Golden Age covers, all sorts of interesting stuff. Find some of the buck bin buys we've had, like this past week, where I picked up Superman War of the Worlds by Roy Thomas and Michael Lark and the buck bin. And I got that Belgian Batman. Nobody liked my Belgian Batman. Whatever. You guys don't even know. (laughs) Je suis Batman. Crestal, yeah, it was written in French, but it came from Belgium. You had to use francs to buy it. I looked up francs to see what they looked like. There's so much I learned on this show. So much. <laughs> and this is uh, the last week that you can get the special edition Halloween Last Comic Shop t-shirt until next year. So <laughs> make sure you pick it up fast in the belfry. We recommend the maroon, dark maroon, blood red color because it really makes the logo pop. So check that out. That is, of course, a link to our merch store available on the website, lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Yes, and I will be sporting that shirt on one of the days at the con. I have it in the maroon, and it does look gorgeous, and so I will be wearing it at least one of the days. So if you see it, I don't have extras, but I don't know. You might, And maybe if you come up and you, hey, that's the shirt, we'll, we'll give you a free sticker. Oh, yes. There you we go. will have stickers. So or we'll... just say hello. We'll be excited about that, too. Yes. Also, uh, don't forget, visit your local comic shops. Visit your local comic cons. You can look for cool stuff that isn't the Black Adam, the Dark Ages, but stuff like Exo Man of War, stuff like Legend of the Hawkman, or stuff like the Jeff Johns Justice Society of America with Kingdom Come Superman in it. Let us know what you think of those things. There you go. And until next week or just a few moments from now when we'll be doing a movie review, this is the host of Most Daily Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith and J.A. Scott, and we hope you enjoy us pretending like we're ending the show when we're really not, and everybody knows by now that we're not. It's like the post credit sequence. Just stick around. Can you smell what the rock is Okay. That never made sense to me. Why does the rock cook things? He's hey. a rock! Wait, 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 wait. We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. We went and checked out The Rock's new movie, Black. Adam, and we're here to tell you all about it. Let's start with J.A. Why don't you give us the who's-its, and uh, Andy will give us the what's-its on Black Adam. All right, well, Black Adam, a Warner Brothers production, directed by Jaume Colette Serra, written by Adam Zerkiel, Rory Haynes, and Shorab Nashirvani, obviously based on DC characters, starring... Dwayne Johnson, Aldous Hodge, Noah Centineo, Sarah Shahi, Marwan Kanzari, Contessa Swindell, Bodhi Sabangui, and Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. You know, obviously it's a movie, so you got like a thousand people doing CGI. Probably more than a thousand, because more than half the movie was CGI. 
Yeah. I, and, and I will say that there was like a thousand comic book creators in their like special thanks to section. And, and rightfully so. It's neat to see. And, and, and every single movie, it seems to get larger and larger. Like anybody that ever did anything with Black Adam ever. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, was surprisingly more than we expected. Oh, yeah. There were some good names on there. And a lot of ones that I, I saw Otto Binder on there. I saw CC Beck on there. Was that after the mid credit scene? Oh, yeah. I left the theater. I, I Googled, is there an end credit scene? And there's no end credit scene, so I left the theater. <laughs> yeah, there, there's not really a lot to say about Black Adam, as we said earlier in the show. He's a Shazam villain. And, and, and yet, in the entire movie, they make no mention of Shazam. They say his name quite a lot, like the wizard. See, that's the thing. A lot of people think Billy Batson, that's Shazam. Like, no, that's that's Captain Marvel. Shazam is the wizard. It's kind of like the Frankenstein, the Frankenstein's monster. I don't know. For a while, that book was called Shazam. Anyway, Andy, why don't you tell us what happened in the movie? Because I may or may not have nodded off for a couple of minutes. You did. I did see it with Chad on uh, opening night and did uh, look over at him at one point. And uh, he was fast asleep. So he might have missed some of this. (laughs) So here's the 10 cent synopsis. Not only our fans, but also Chad. So we're in Condock. Evidently, it predates uh, ancient Babylon and Greece and Rome and Egypt as one of the great civilizations. And there was this ruler dude who wanted ultimate power. So he basically started looking for stuff that is from a Masters of the Universe cartoon called Eternium. It is. Look it up. In any case, they're looking for this Eternium because he wants to make this crown to become godlike with demonic powers or whatever. And uh, somehow the rock stops him by turning into Shazam, getting the powers of Earth's most mightiest mortal. Anyways, he goes to sleep for about 5,000 years. And then they're looking for this crown because they have to move it. This this lady... Uh, Female but... Indiana Jones. <laughs> Chad has fallen asleep already. Anyways, they go looking for this crown. But then there's this other guy that's like the descendant and he wants the crown. Uh, he tries to shoot this lady, this Tomb Raider wannabe and she brings back black adam and he just starts i don't know walking through walls just smashing them instead of using doors in any case the justice society gets called by amanda waller from the suicide squad and she's like go deal with black adam because he's bad even though like none of them were around five thousand years ago so how the hell do they know and then they have a big fight and then black adam teams up with them to fight the guy with the crown and he becomes Sabak, which is like the bad version of Captain Marvel. And, and then they fight. And then eventually Henry Cavill shows up. Ta-da! That's the 10-cent synopsis. And, oh, there were zombies! Or just skeleton things that were very easy to defeat. All you needed to do was pick up, uh, like, a plastic bag or... <laughs> Rebar. They weren't really much of a threat. So I... I, I I don't know. Did I miss anything, guys, or was that pretty much what happened? I could really use some help with the whole Dr. Fate thing, just because I think that's the part I missed. Yeah, Dr. Fate was in this movie. He was one of the members of the Justice Society. Him, Hawkman, Cyclone, which I, again, I'm not a DC person, so I didn't even know if that was a made-up person. But boy, she was real colorful. She would come down with her greens and purples and spinning. Then there was Adam Smasher, and then Henry Winkler showed up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was Grandpa Adam Smasher. <laughs> yes. 
Ah, whatever. Anyways, Dr. Fate dying so that Black Adam could come back, even though they... It was weird. They put him underneath the water in this, like, secret facility, and then they say, don't say Shazam anymore, because you're bad. And he's like, okay, I won't say it anymore. And then Dr. Fate's like, you gotta say this Shazam thing, because we goofed, and you gotta come back. Literally, like, five minutes later, they locked him up, and, like, the next day... (laughs) Even that, it was, like, an hour. It was just like, I know you've been in cryogenic stasis for at least 15 minutes, but we need you to stop doing that and get beat up by a bunch of guards and (laughs) and escape. Because, again, Pierce Brosnan didn't want to do any more of these movies. God bless his soul. (laughs) Initial thoughts, guys. I know Chad fell asleep. Uh Well, okay. So I thought this was the most DC movie I have ever seen. I'm not kidding. I'm not making a joke about this. I thought it it accomplished everything that you get in a traditional DC movie. It had uh, fight scenes straight out of those Injustice video games, including a fatality. He ripped some dude's head in behalf. Yeah, but that's another DC thing, too, with that, like, the hyper-violence that they think 12-year-olds will think is cool. That's all throughout this. It had some deep thoughts about imperialism. Mm. Really made you think there. There's a story about a hopeful, plucky kid who really wants the the hero to come and save the day, and he's making the, uh, uh, what's the DDP thing? The diamond cutter? (laughs) Help him out. You had the nameless hordes of bad guys to like pick up any object and swing it at them and they're going to fall down. There wasn't much in terms of plot and it just seemed like it went from fight scene to fight scene to fight scene. Well, none of it, I, I wouldn't say any of it was bad. Uh, I also fell asleep because it wasn't good either. And I, I'm going to steal this from uh, Sean Collier, who's a local Pittsburgh uh, film critic. He was talking uh, a few weeks ago about a movie that was the, the medium movie. Every movie above that movie is a good movie. And every movie you'd rank below that movie is a bad movie. I think he stole it from some musical guy who, like, Running With the Devil. Like, any song better than Running With the Devil? That's a good song. Any song worse than Running With the Devil? That's a bad song. But Running With the Devil? Just right in the middle. That's how I feel about this. And when I say the most DC movie, I mean literally like DC, just right in the middle there. Uh, <laughs> if you wanted to go, I wouldn't tell you not to go. If you didn't want to go, I wouldn't tell you to go. Like it's just right there in the middle the whole time. They have The Rock, the super charismatic actor, and uh, they're like, "Well, don't do that charisma thing too much." Uh, yeah, let's just just we're gonna float you around half the time. What I didn't understand and. I admit, I was looking for some backstory. I was looking, it was like, where did this intergang come from? Who are this intergang? How are they ruling a country for 30 years? Did I get any of that? Of course not. And I think by the end of the movie, they forgot that intergang was there. <laughs> no, because they had the Sabak thing. And you know all about the intergang because you read New Gods. It's like those gangsters that Darkseid gave all the fancy weaponry to. I agree. I know that a lot of folks say, like, don't give backstory. Just jump right into the plot. There's a measured approach to that. And and, and all they were were there to have The Rock punch them. So, like, did you really need to know who they were? No. Yeah, I didn't. I, it, it was just, it was weird juxtaposition. So you've got a country that's, like, you know, somewhere in 
sort of third worldy in certain aspects, but then they've got these hover bikes that go almost as fast as light. So, <laughs> well, I'm going to jump in real quickly with my thought. This reminded me of when I was a kid, and sometimes my dad would take me to the video store. We we sometimes get a movie, and it, it turns out that that movie was just actually three episodes of a television show that they just kind of edited together. And they said, we're going to just release this as a movie now. Because back in, like, you didn't really have reruns. So we're like, we're just going to, you know, have weird cuts at certain places and, like, jump from this to this to this and, and try to make it, like, seem like it's seamless. But you can really tell that this was just, like, a bunch of episodes that were loosely tied together by an overall plot. That's what I think this was. The only tying part of this entire story was this crown for a little while, but then if the crown was the major reason, like, why weren't the Justice Society trying to get the crown? Why were they just there to fight Black Adam? Again, you could have seen this being like, this week's episode, Justice Society comes to fight Black Adam. We found the crown, which is a completely different story. And then Sabak is here. And you're like, that's a completely different story. Plus, you'd have that episode in the middle that was just Hawkman versus Black Adam. Sort of like that issue, the comic. Yeah! And it was literally almost page for page, punch for punch, wingtip for for wingtip? I don't know. I didn't mind the movie, though, because I thought Black Adam was kind of cool. He he did do a lot of cool things in grabbing, like, missiles and looking at them and throwing them away. And then I did get Hawkman, which I always think is cool, and I did get Dr. Fate, who I also think is awesome, eating mints and standing over in the corner and doing his multiple things. I, I Well, I went to see it with my wife, and her favorite character was Adam Smasher, because he was big and doofus. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were trying to go for a Paul Ruddy kind of charm to him, and it just—it's—it was like the DC equivalent of, of of doing something like that. They were like, "We saw that in another movie. Let's put it in ours because that'll that'll work." Yeah, like his relationship with Cyclone was the closest thing to a human relationship, and, and that includes the mom and her son. Yeah, yeah, that's that's sad. That's sad. I mean, I, th- the kid actually had a, a closer relationship with his uncle. At least the uncle took a bullet for him. Gosh, like that was actually like one of the few scenes I was just like, ah, run away, kid. That guy's going to shoot you. That seemed like an actual threat for a second. But no, like they had the Dr. Fate and the and Hawkman and they were like, yeah, we're best buds for a really long time. And I'm just like, were you? When? <laughs> Did we see this? Especially Dr. Fate, he's been around for like a thousand years. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I was going to say, the important thing is, they all looked cool. Yeah, I would say that they got the CGI on his eyes right. Hawkman's eyes. Oh, yeah. And Hawkman's easy to screw up. Like I thought they did a really great job making him look like a legitimate threat and, you know, not too silly. And Dr. Fate, everybody knows Dr. Fate's the coolest looking thing around, and they didn't screw that up either, so... Good job, team. Yeah, I mean, after many weeks of everybody complaining about, you know, the She-Hulk television series, I I do think that the CGI in this was pretty damn good, even if the plot sucked. The one last question I have for both of you, though, is uh, right now on Rotten Tomatoes, this has like, I don't know, like a 30 or 40 percent from the critics. And everybody is equating it to the same effect that the Venom movie had on the what do you guys think of that do you think black adam's the next venom where it's just like you can coast along on just 
it being a bad movie, but we don't really care. Well, here here's the problem. With Rotten Tomatoes, when they look at the critics, critics are saying whether it's a good movie or a bad movie. And like I said, this is neither good nor bad. So they're they're in a pickle. And audience scores. Audience scores are tough because a lot of people just don't care. And they're like, I'm going to decide for myself, which is fine. But a lot of those people are idiots. <laughs> How do you really feel, Chad? <laughs> but so you get those people bumping up the score. I'll tell you the thing. The reason why I think Venom was a good movie, it, it was terrible, but good at the same time. This wasn't like super fun. There were there are no lines that I'm going to remember from this movie. You know, quit being such a pussy, Eddie. Like, I'll never forget that. Yeah, plus I think with Rotten Tomatoes, the critics' score comes out and is so low. So then you get like this knee-jerk fanboy reaction where, oh, we're going to vote up the score because we think that the critics' score is too low. So you got to take... 40 divided by 80, and that gives you a 60, which is kind of like, you know, right on that level of not a good movie, but not a bad movie. I actually think it's probably a little bit below, but April will seem to enjoy it. So, you know. It was a good date movie, then. I, 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 then I don't say that. <laughs> All right. Maybe maybe if you're going to see it in a, in a drive-in. Ooh, then you don't have to pay attention, nor will you be falling asleep. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get our rating. For Black Adam, the movie, uh, J.A., what's our rating scale? One out of four. Uh, one out of four Shazams, because he said it a lot, but Billy Badson never showed up. Yeah. And he's like, I'm the most powerful person on Earth. I'm like, well, what about the other guy who can say Shazam? Wouldn't he be your equal? You're one of the most powerful. I get it. You're the rock, so you've got to be the most powerful. But uh, sorry. Yeah. There's another guy who's got the same power set. That's true. And I think I'll go first in that regard. I'm going to give this a two and a half Shazams. It's not the worst DC movie I saw. Uh, I, I honestly do like The Rock. I like the uh, the fight sequences. Kind of like when I was talking about this Dark Age previously. I really did like when Black Adam and Hawkman fought. I, I could have just watched that for a little while. I, I didn't really care. Uh, it seemed like uh, The Rock was reconnecting with some of his wrestling days when it was just like uh, a couple promos and then here's a fight and then a couple promos and here's a fight. And so, yeah, I dig it. And um, I really do like the song Baby Come Back. Baby Come Back, you can blame it all on me so I can come back. I'll probably watch it again or at least some of the fight sequences. Have a stiff drink before you watch it. That probably would help. Chad? So we've talked a little bit about The Rock and his pro wrestling roots, and I honestly think that's probably the one negative that I have with this movie, is I think The Rock is suffering a little bit too much from his desire to be the alpha male, right? Like, you know how in pro wrestling, like, oh, they're apex predators, or the head of the family, or whatever, I don't know what they are. But all these guys want to be the biggest guy in the yard. And I think The Rock is trying to make Shazam or Black Adam bigger than superman and tougher than superman and like that's his big overall goal but the problem is nobody cares about black adam rocky i mean <laughs> you're not gonna best superman it's best not to uh to make too big a deal about this before you silently uh shirk away into a corner because you're just gonna embarrass yourself and so like that's the only thing that rubbed me the wrong way is they're trying to build up black adam as this you know like oh he's the toughest and the best and but like uh, you're still Black Adam. Yeah. No, I, I stand by my thought. It's a medium movie. I, I, I'll agree with your 2.5 Shazams. Medium. 
<laughs> it's not mild. It's medium. It's what is the? It's, it's certainly not hot, but it's not mild. It was fine. I I could watch this movie. Or I could not watch this movie, and my day would be the same. All right, JA, around us out. Yeah, so this is like the movie that you catch on HBO halfway through and you're like, oh, I'll watch a little bit for that one fight scene. And then you turn it off after that fight scene. The baby who come back scene's coming up. So I'm going to watch it for the zombies. Then I'll turn it off because I don't really care about the end. I agree with both of you. It's a it's a sort of run of the mill standard medium fare. I just disagree with that two and a half is rendered stand of the mill medium fare. It should be two. I think your, your scale was a little bit high. That being said, it does beg the question, Andrew, what is the worst DC movie you've seen? Oh, no, it's Superman, Batman, Dawn of Justice. No, no, no question. Why did you say her name? Uh, either that or Superman 3 with Richard Pryor, although that still has a couple moments with, like, Christopher Reeves being evil Superman, which is not bad. What about Superman 4? Oh, that's like the Venom. That, that That's so bad that it, it somewhat starts to come around to the other end. And plus, I had the comic book adaptation of that, so I love Nuclear Man. That's fine. What's your opinion? What's the worst, J.A.? Yeah, Dawn of Justice is pretty bad. <laughs> Chad? I disagree. It started with Superman Man of Steel, which got the character so wrong. So wrong. By the time they made it to Dawn of Justice, I'm like, I was expecting it to be dumb, and there were parts that were at least slightly fun. But Man of Steel, like, there, the, I, I can't do it. Just can't do it, man. Yeah! All right. Well, one thing that's not bad is the last comic shop, and we are finished out for this week. Hope you enjoyed both our review of the Black Adam comic book as well as the Black Adam movie. Make sure that you tune in next week for more awesomeness. We've got Labors of Magic from the New Mutants. Ooh, as well as poll recaps. Yay! www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com Take it easy, folks, and remember, the man in black sent you. Isn't that Johnny Cash? That is Johnny Cash. I always dress in black. Why you never see bright colors on my back. Last comic shop was a 2022 Black Angus production.